0: A very special episode of the Tony G Show. We've been talking about getting him on the show for seasons and seasons. We've had his dad multiple times because both him and his dad and even his little brother, all friends of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, very special episode today for the Tony G Show. I want to welcome in my good friend, St. Norbert College baseball player, Sam Fonder. Sam, thanks for coming on, man. Tony, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, I mean, this is... Way too overdue. Before we go anywhere with this discussion, I just want to make it clear: you asked for that intro, the Undertaker theme song. Absolutely. You did. <laughs> that sets the tone. Exactly. We ain't messing around. We're here to have a good show. Yep. Imagine it's-
1: those goosebumps, all the listeners out there. I'm sure they still got them.
0: <laughs> Let me start the conversation with this, Sam. This is your senior year. You are a pitcher for Saint Norbert College baseball. You spent the year at Gus Davis Adolphus. Tell me about the transfer. Coming to St. Norbert College, what played into that decision, and was it a good one? You don't regret it, do you?
1: No, don't regret it at all. Other Perfect. than uh, that my roommate my sophomore year of college, uh, I'd say it was <laughs> pretty, that? pretty... It was you, Tony. Oh, that's correct. Yep. yep. Um, otherwise, pretty great transition. It was uh, real nice to come back closer to home. I grew up around here, went to Green Bay East with Tony, and yep. nice to get back about 10 minutes away from my house, get to see the dog, get to see the fam, yep. get to hang out with Tony and a bunch of guys I knew growing up, and play Absolutely. for Wally, great coach I know my whole life, so it's pretty awesome transition for sure good I'm glad that you uh you
0: made the decision I because for those who don't know I've talked about it a couple times on the show Sam is a year older than I am so this sophomore year was my freshman year this is his senior year this is my junior year and you were able to pull some strings get us rooming together in a little bit better of a situation I would have had the freshman like the low freshman dorm and you got
1: me up to the better freshman dorm and we had a fun year yeah, I wouldn't call it better. Uh, <laughs> That's right. It was a fun year for sure, but it was nice to get to live with Tony and uh, obviously one of my best friends my whole life, so it was a pretty awesome experience. Yeah, sure. I don't mean to paint
0: that out like this was some mansion that, we, <laughs> that I got moved up to. It, it was a little bit better, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed it, and yeah, we've been friends for a long time, so that kind of fit right in. Can I ask you about something in your mechanics? Because I know you've kind of been back and forth on this, and I've seen you pitch out of the stretch. I've seen you wind up. It seems like now you're fully committed to the wind-up, correct?
1: Uh, I'd still go back and forth a little bit. So when okay. I'm coming in the game as a reliever, like you said, I've kind of had to do both and I'm uh, not really sure what the plan is, but whatever i got to do, if I'm coming in the game out of the pen, then it's just strictly out of the stretch. Sure. Uh, if I get the chance to start a game like I would in summer ball normally or like I did a couple weeks ago, then, yeah, I'll go out of the wind-up until I run into trouble or till something goes off with the mechanics. But just kind of whatever I'm feeling for the day.
0: Sure. Can we discussed the young guns on this team so far one in particular Adam Cootway who homered over the weekend as of this recording that guy's got some talent he threw someone out from right field that he had no business throwing someone out from that far away earlier in the season can you speak about the young guys on this team and the direction of St. Norbert College Baseball after you graduate and head out
1: yeah, well, first of all, Kueh is an incredible player. Yeah, uh, he is. Just an absolute stud. That home run the other day, I don't know if that ball has come down yet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Could not have come at a bigger time. Obviously, we needed that hit right then and there to stay in the game with Lawrence this weekend. Um, but, man, the kid's got a cannon, can play third, can play right. And uh, not just Kueh, though, like you said, the whole young core of this team, I think most of the lineup should all be returning next year, missing Trevor Reinhardt right now with injury. Yep. Um, and even when he gets back next year, we got all kinds of guys that are freshmen, sophomores, and... Uh, even guys that are coming back that are juniors right now that are going to rake next year and the lineup is going to be in a great place for the next few years, definitely.
0: So speaking about the future and what's to come next year, how about you personally? What's next for you in your journey after you graduate from St. Norbert College?
1: Yeah, I'm actually headed off to uh, Springfield College. It's a small school out in Massachusetts, about an hour outside of Boston. I'm going for my master's in sport and exercise psychology, and then I'm going to be a grad assistant on the baseball team there. I got okay. hired uh, a couple weeks ago, so I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah,
0: congratulations on all that. It looks like the future is bright for you, especially as you graduate. But before you move to Massachusetts and you make that shift, talk to me about the summer that you're going to have playing baseball for the Ashwabanon Lookouts, the new team just Ooh. being formed.
1: Yeah, the Ashwabanon Lookouts, man, for sure. You got to stay tuned, check them out on Twitter, look for the schedule. Yeah. Tony's had my dad on here a few times. Uh, if yeah. you guys know Jason, he can put together a great baseball team. We got a lot of St. Norbert guys, got a lot of other college guys, uh, guys me and Tony went to high school and played with. But it's going to be a fun summer for sure. It'll be nice to play with a lot of those guys and uh, just kind of pass some of the time that way.
0: Yeah. And speaking about what <laughs> the talent that your dad has putting things together, how about uniforms as well? I mean, the guy just doesn't miss when he puts together a couple uniforms. And especially with the lookouts, the whole logo, the color scheme. I mean, they're pretty clean. They're yeah. pretty clean. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: Tony knows that. Tony, uh Tony comes and announces the non Aids Legion baseball games. I That's coach correct. for them and uh, so does Jason in summer and they got some nice uniforms too. So yeah. he definitely knows his stuff when it comes to the unis. Do you pick up from that? What do you mean? Are you creative? Like, <laughs> not like, like that. your dad. I'm is? not designing the uniforms like he is. No. Okay. No. Okay. This is just a born talent. You can't learn it and pick it up. I guess so. I mean he's just he knows that drip, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, he does. He does have style. I mean, <laughs> it's unmatched. I don't think I've seen anything like it. So as we continue to talk about baseball, I'd like to make the shift. This is primarily where our conversation is headed. Because, you know, you and I, big baseball guys, in terms of Major League Baseball. So as we shift the conversation to that, can we preview the season? We're going to do that towards the back half of this conversation. Let's preview the season. Let's talk about Let's open up this general discussion for baseball. And let's start it here. The opening weekend for Major League Baseball just Kicked off Thursday was opening day. What are some takeaways that uh, that you took away from weekend number one?
1: Well, let's let's go local first. Let's talk about the Brewers. I sure. tell you what, obviously not the best start record-wise to the weekend, and nah. a couple things didn't go their way. Byron Buxton can really hit a baseball off him, um, but wow, Corbin Burns, man, he looks like a Cy Young candidate to me. If if that's not a top five in Cy Young, then I don't know what I'm looking at.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting because the his prior seasons to this season haven't always been the most impressive. He's always kind of had a higher ERA, hasn't had the best control over his slider and stuff like that, but it seems like he's starting to figure it out. I thought maybe when he first came up, he'd be like a bullpen guy, but now as he's thrown into the starting role and he's starting to figure it out a little bit, it looks like he can be pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, I mean, that cutter slider, I don't know what you call that at 96, but however however, slider, that's thrown, yeah. him, him going in the 7th, 6th, 7th inning, throwing that and keeping it 93 to 96... Uh, and then, like you said, spotting up the way he has, he's really proven. I think he can stick in the rotation, and I think he's a front-line guy. Him and Woodruff are 1A and 1B to me.
0: Talk to me about the rest of the Brewers. Let's start with the starting rotation that they have because you're a little more optimistic, I would say. Well, maybe I wouldn't call it optimistic. You're a little more positive about the Brewers and their season they're going to have than I am. I think they're going to be very lackluster. You know, Opening weekend kind of shows it. Let's start with like the starting rotation here. Uh, Brandon Woodruff Corbin Burns Adrian Hauser Brett Anderson I mean it seems like there's starts with a lot of talent and then it rather falls off pretty drastically specifically after Corbin Burns and then even after
1: Adrian Hauser yeah it definitely tapers off um yeah like you said the drop-off from Burns to Hauser is pretty significant the drop-off from Hauser to Anderson is pretty significant yeah um I don't know. The thing for me that I think the reason I'm so much more optimistic on them than you is I think that Woodruff and Burns are two top five, top ten arms in the National League, probably in the whole league. Yeah. And then, I mean, like you said two years ago, Burns didn't even look like he'd be a roster guy. Now, yeah. now look at him. So the odds that maybe Hauser or even Freddie Peralta, I know people have been saying he could make that jump this year if he gets the command figured out. Uh, I. If any one of those last three step up, I think it's going to be a real good year for sure.
0: So what about the rest of the lineup? Do you think Christian Yelich will bounce back? I'm thinking he will. I've heard rumors around Major League Baseball experts that say this could be the new Christian Yelich. I think he'll bounce back.
1: Yeah, we'll see. It's tough coming off the knee injury, and he had a great spring, obviously, so I'd expect a good bounce back there. Honestly, if I'm going to go with what I'm more concerned with in the lineup, it's Keston Hira. Yeah, dude strikes out every other at-bat right now. That's That's some scary stuff to me.
0: I think that about Hira, it seems like once he gets hot he gets hot and hits like a home run every other at bat but that lasts for like 3 4 games and then he goes back to like striking it's almost like a Mark Reynolds 2.0 type of situation here Mark Reynolds I like that <laughs> You like that? that's a good you like that count. one Yeah, yeah. Does exactly. he still hold the record? I don't know. I'm asking you like you know off the top of your head. Does he still hold the record for like most strikeouts in a season? Cuz I think he did that. I think he had like 200 I think he had over 200 strikeouts in a season. And I think he did it with the Baltimore Orioles. That must have been back in like 2008, 9, 10. I don't think that matches. Is... He still
1: he still holds it. He's still the holder. He's got uh, he had 223 in the season when he was 25 years old. Oh my god! Number two is Adam Dunn when he was 32, 222. And number three, Chris Davis from the Orioles, oh, yeah. not Brewers. Chris Davis, not old Brewers. Chris Davis, nope. but he had 219 when he was 30. Um, but McCaw not far behind. McCaw had a 217 in 2019. Wow. so I did not know that. Yeah, so keep an eye at Mark Reynolds. He's coming for your spot. You might have to make a comeback.
0: Who's more likely to take Mark Reynolds <laughs> out of that spot? Keston Hira, <laughs> Johan Moncada, or Aaron Judge?
1: Mm. Well, the thing is Judge probably would have it in the landslide if he could stay healthy for a full year. That That's dude's true. just been plagued with the injuries, man, and that that really is is tough to see for someone that talented, 6-7, just a just a beast out on the field. Natural athletic ability. Natural athletic, yeah. yeah. Speaking of natural athletes and big guys, John Carlos Stanton
0: and, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll taper this back to the Brewers and organize this discussion a little more, but what's happened there? The guy the guy is nowhere where he once was with the Marlins. Has it been coming to New York? Has it been the fans? Has it been just a change of scenery? It's colder up in New York in the spring. What's going on?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's so much you can go back to there. It's tough. I think about that all the time. Could it be the Yankees fans? Sure, they boot him on opening day. Like, yeah. you can't expect that most places. And in the Marlins, he's playing in front of five people. So, <laughs> yeah. there's that. But the other part is... Um, there was a real scary hit-by-pitch his last season in Miami, and yeah. you never know how much of a long-term impact that has on someone either, even though he's had good seasons and good stretches since then. He's never really been the same guy. That's true. Way closed off with the batting stance, way more than usual, even to kind of protect himself a little bit. So that's always something you got to think about there too. And that injury that you're talking
0: about, taking the fastball to the face, came against Mike Fires in Milwaukee. I was actually at that
1: game. <laughs> <laughs> I would and imagine it was pretty quiet in there when that happened. It huh? was...
0: Dead silent when it happened, and it was on my birthday. you know my birthday, yep, yep nine yep. eleven somber day as it is, and then that happens at a
1: brewer game. I can't even imagine,
0: yeah, yeah, it was a uh, it was weird, that was a weird day to be at a at a brewer game, all right, anyways, speaking about the brewers as we transition back to them, talk about their bullpen, Devin Williams, Josh Hader. even Freddie Peralta, as we've mentioned, kind of a hybrid starter or. Or a long reliever. Mm. What do you think about their bullpen? Going to be good this year or no?
1: Oh, yeah, I think so. It's And there's not much to say about Hayter and Williams. Those guys are studs. I think they'll carry as yeah. uh, long as they can stay healthy. Williams' injury at the end of last year has me a little worried long-term. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously those two to close out a game, you get to the seventh inning with a lead, it's pretty much over, knock on wood. Yeah. Um, the other guy in the pen that I'm a little interested to see how he develops is Drew Rasmussen. High-velocity yeah. guy, runs it up to 100, great spin rate on the fastball. Um, I'd be curious to see if he takes a step forward this year, or if he's still going to kind of middle. I mean, he's drafted 2018, so he's a pretty young guy yet. He's got some time to grow into that spot, and only 26, year, 25, 26 years old. Yeah. Um, and I think he could be a huge third piece in that pen. Otherwise, looking at it right now, there's not a whole lot behind it. Suter. I mean, hmm. there's not not a whole lot else. Than, Eric Yardley. Yeah. Come on. Eric Yardley. I mean, it's not. Cla- I saw Claudio getting loose last night for the Angels, <laughs> and I thought of you.
0: I thought I th- when I saw him warming up in the bullpen. The Angels had a 3-0 lead, and I, I texted someone, I forget who it was, and I said, you watch. This lead's going to be gone because Alex Claudio is warming up. <laughs> and the Angels did lose the lead. Alex Claudio came in after they lost the lead, but I think it's still a curse. When he warms up in a bullpen, you're bound to lose a lead no matter what. I've lost all faith in him in his career, especially <laughs> after, the, after the Brewers
1: made him gave him time like he was... I don't know, Joe Nathan or something like that. But. Yeah, they threw him out there every day, and I don't. Know, there's a lot of times I think I came back in our room sophomore year, and you were sitting there yelling at him on oh. the TV. So Claudio Claudio's not one of Tony's favorites. For those of you that don't know, he's he's not a big Claudio guy. That brings up bad memories. Just as, <laughs> all right, I'm
0: I'm not. I'm gonna start begging on him. This is gonna be the whole <laughs> show if I start begging <laughs> on him now. So let's transfer here, as we talk about certain teams. We you know we've talked about local teams. Speaking of local, as you move to Massachusetts next year. You're a big Red Sox guy. Let's bring up the Boston Red Sox and the season they're going to have, because they're in a tough division. AL East has really picked up some pieces and started to put it all together. Are the Red
1: Sox going to compete in the division this year or not? I think Mm. if you would ask me this question before they got swept by the Orioles, I might have a little different (laughs) answer. Um, I don't know. I was pretty optimistic with the moves they made in the offseason. I'm pretty optimistic once Sale gets back that Sale, Erod, and Yavaldi to top off a rotation is going to be pretty exciting, but... I mean, wow, I think uh, Enrique Hernandez, Verdugo, Bogarts, Devers, I think they have one hit combined between the four of them through three games. It's been J.D. Martinez and nothing else. Mm -hmm. Um, I really thought they'd have a great bounce back. I guess there's time to prove me wrong. Tanner Houck looked good in the rotation. Garrett Richards did not look good in the rotation. Um, uh, It's tough. It's tough to say right now. And that's even me being as optimistic as I can be about the Red Sox season here.
0: Well, after getting swept at home by the Orioles got outscored, what was it, 18-5, to 5, and they got shut out in a game. I mean, the offense has not been there through those first three games. Is that something that you think can pick up? I mean, I know you just kind of touched on it a little bit, but the offense specifically, you think they're going to pick it up to a pace to compete? Or, you know, J.D. Martinez is only getting older.
1: Right. Um, I mean, they should. They were number one in the AL and run scored last year, although it was a 60-game season. Um, right. They still led the league in it. The pitching was what struggled. Uh, for me, I... I really need to see Verdugo and Devers take a step forward this year right now. They're, I know it's even in spring training, though, they look like they were taking a step back. That's kind of where the extended sample is coming from for me. Uh, the one encouraging thing, like Tony mentioned, JD's only getting older. He's 33 right now, 33 and a half. He'll be 34 into the season. Um, he's looked real great in, towards the end of spring training and early in the season. Normally, he gets off to a real cold start in April and May. Yeah. Um, so that's encouraging for now. Now the rest of them just need to pick it up. So
0: you mentioned this name, and I want to ask you about this trade and your thoughts on it in general. The Alex Verdugo trade from the Dodgers. It involves one Mr. Mookie Betts, even a David Price. What did you think of that trade when it first came out? What do you think of it now? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, had to, I had to ask you. That's Mookie tough. Betts leaving Boston. I, I don't know.
1: At this point, I'm over it. I was real mad for a long time about that. And to only make matters worse, David Price might be one of my favorite Red Sox of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony knows how much I love the guy. Yeah. Uh, Try to emulate a lot of what I do after Price and the cutter and everything, I'd, yep. I'd work a lot off what I see from David Price. But I had heard at first, but at the end of the day, they weren't going to be able to pay him what he wanted to be paid. And yeah. to be able to get back for Dugo, Jeter Downs is going to be a great prospect coming up at second base. And then um, they got Connor Wong out of it, a good catching prospect, too. I mean, you got to be happy with that for yeah. a return for a guy in the last year of his deal. Uh, for me, the comp was always Machado in his last year with the Orioles um, when the Orioles moved him. To the Dodgers, they netted one player back, Usneael Diaz, outfielder who hasn't broken into the majors at all yeah. yet. He's almost twenty six now, and he hasn't done anything. And for me, for the Red Sox to get three potential everyday players and potentially above average in Downs and Verdugo's case, I think that's a pretty good haul. It just it hurts to see bets go after the twenty eighteen. Exactly,
0: run. I think the comparison to make there is like watching an ex girlfriend get married or something like that. I mean, going to win a championship in Los Angeles after being a Red Sox. I mean, it's almost like the Brett Favre thing for me because, you know, I'm a Packer fan. You're a Viking fan, by the way, which we're going to talk about in the back end of the show as we move to football when baseball wraps up. But it's like, it's like watching Brett Favre almost head to his Super Bowl as a Viking. I mean,
1: well, it could be worse. We kept him out of the AL. He didn't get traded to the Yankees. He didn't go to free agency. There was nothing like that that I could be worried about. No Babe Ruth 2.0 coming with him, but... No Jacoby Ellsbury. Or no, like no, that. no Ellsbury or Johnny Damon is the one who broke, <laughs> oh, broke yeah. my heart when I was yeah, five years right. old, six years old after the 4 World Series. Um, that's right. Man, I cried hard about that one. Yep, uh, I don't blame you. Yeah, but no, I, I'm happy for him. Mookie's a great guy, great guy in the community and fun guy to watch. To me, as long as he's not in the Yankees, it doesn't matter much to me.
0: So I want to talk about this guy as, as we discuss standouts from uh, opening day weekend or opening weekend for Major League Baseball. A player who had a very big game on Sunday was Shohei Otani, Angels DH slash pitcher, was throwing 100 miles an hour, hit 101 a couple of times, and then switches over to hit a home run on the first pitch he sees (laughs) as a hitter and sends it out of here, I think... I forget the numbers. 115.1 so
1: off the bat. So that's how hard he hit it. He has the hardest hit home run of anyone this year and the fastest fastball of any starting pitcher this year. That's what it was.
0: What? Give me your thoughts when you hear something like that. I want to hear what you think about the career Shoei Otani could have and what it means for the Angels.
1: I mean, I don't know. It's it's so tough to tell. and um, He missed a ton of time with injuries the last couple of years now. Uh, Tommy John even too, and uh, Tony, you can see it even looking up. He's batted 188-190 in his last two seasons, but he's still only 26, and man, yeah. he looks like a stud at the plate, uh, two-way position player, or two-way position player and pitcher there. Um, we actually had a little interesting debate last night watching the game. A couple of the guys and I, uh, if you could only take one for Otani long-term, you're talking pitcher or hitter at this point. It's real tough to say. Mm. Um, he's he's looking like he could be a two-way stud. Yeah. Uh, which way would you lean with that? Yeah, let's explore that a little bit. I'd lean hitter.
0: I would okay. because I think, you know, he's had arm issues in the past, which is primarily why he's only been a DH for the last couple of seasons. I think if you were to really pound him as a hitter, he could be a three three 320 hitter, 40 home runs in a season. I think if you were to focus on one, I'd go I'd go hitting. What do you yeah,
1: I, that's. but that's the thing is he's got top-ten hitter upside, but at the end of the day, you look at it, He's a guy who's a starting pitcher, and he sat ninety six, ninety seven into his one hundred pitch, his hundred pitches yesterday. He pitched up at pretty deep in the game.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: I mean, if you got a starting pitcher that can do that, sitting that late, I know he was walking a ton of guys. I think he walked five more yesterday. But man, if he can get some of that stuff ironed out, there's no, not nothing to say he couldn't be a Cy Young candidate every year, either. You know? Right. Yeah. That's a. Oh my god. I, I, so let me let me ask you about this then. Let's put some
0: perspective on it this way. Why are the Angels never competing? A lineup with Shoei Otani, Mike Trout, Albert Pujols—even granted he's in the back of an end of his career—but I mean it's still talent. Anthony Rendon too. Anthony Rendon they added. I mean what's going on here? Why aren't they competing? I know they just added Joe Madden as a manager uh, recently, heading into this season. But is is that does it really depend on the manager? I mean why 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 are they not competing with all that talent, generational talent after generational talent that they have in that lineup?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I wish I knew the answer to uh just the same. I mean, it's not now, like here's an the o- thing. Let me if we're reading off, let's let's talk about this rotation then. Okay. So you got Otani in there and this is why I think if you had to pick one, that's why you leave him as a starter. Here's how you round out their starting five right now. Okay. Dylan Bundy, he's okay. He's, yeah. good. he's good. All right. Average pitcher. Average. Andrew Heaney, he a little over the hill. <laughs> Alex Cobb DFA'd by the Orioles. That's how you know uh probably shouldn't be pitching in Major League Baseball anymore. No. And then Jose Quintana to uh, uh, former Cub in White Sox, who also has struggled with the consistency to round out that rotation. And he's so, only getting older. And he's only getting older, yeah. So if you want to talk about why could they be struggling, that's that's kind of what I'm pointing at right there. Yeah. That, that would be a big issue.
0: Mm, so why wouldn't they add there? I, I wonder what's going on in the front office that they don't add starting pitching.
1: Yeah, I thought that Rendon signing was real weird, especially if they weren't going to make a big push. I thought, yep. I thought maybe Rendon two years ago and then Bauer this past offseason is yeah. kind of the way they'd go, but... They really didn't make a strong push at him, it seems like. Maybe they'll target someone in free agency after this year, but, I mean, Trout's only getting older, too. He's 29 now. That's, That's true. And 31's usually 31-32. You see the end of a player's prime. That's You don't want to mess around with that too much longer. And I get that they got pool holes under there for a lot of money, but still, if you're in that contention window and you're not spending on pitching right now, I'm that really confuses me. Right. And the thing with
0: the, the whole Trevor Bauer situation I think they had a prime opportunity to make a run for him. He ended up in L.A., the other L.A. team with the Dodgers. He was obviously looking for big money, obviously looking for an opportunity to become the ace of of a rotation, even though he's behind Clayton Kershaw now. But he could perform better than anyone that he's around in a starting rotation. He could have easily done that with the Angels. That would have made them an immediate contender, and they didn't really make a big push for him. It didn't seem like they were one of the finalists, to land trevor bauer so i don't get what plays into that decision
1: yeah i'm just as confused as you on that tony i mean right now you look at the aos you got them you got the a's you got the astros and all of them are kind of middling teams the astros have lost a lot verlander's up for the year they lost cole two years ago it's kind of grinky and a pile of whatever's left at starting pitcher you know it's maybe or steps up maybe a couple other guys step up but for Looking at them for the most part, them and the A's are probably 85 to 88 win teams, and the Angels are probably in that 80 to 85. So it's within yeah. a margin of error where they could do it. Yeah. You really, like you said, I don't, I just don't get why you don't make a push there at Bauer. I g- go over the luxury tax, go for it. What's... You only get to so many times with Trout.
0: And that's the point I also wanted to make is that the division isn't that strong. I mean, it's not like an AL East or it's not like an NL Central where four to arguably five teams could compete. It seems like they could have really, and especially after the the Astros are kind of imploding on themselves now, after this whole debacle where they won a World Series, cheated, and it seems like they aren't the exact same team. They're still good, still talented, but they aren't the exact same team. This would be the perfect opportunity for the Angels to kind of step up and take hold of the AL West. But I want to shift around the AL West before we do anything else here. This just kind of popped into my head. What do you make of the whole Astros ordeal from a few
1: years back? Mm-hmm. I don't know I mean expel them from the game of baseball <laughs> all of them well I'm a Red Sox fan they got implicated a little bit too so I'm, I can't yeah, say too much true. I that's can't say true. too much okay um, that was just a little app watch though nothing serious no, just a little no, no, Apple watch no um, no, no banging on trash cans or anything <laughs> um, but no I obviously I think what happened was wrong but I think a lot of those players served the punishment um, obviously the the apologies were kind of half-hearted out of Bregman and yes. out of Correa and Altuve and they've all kind of Taking on this villain role now, but I think maybe getting those 60 games under their season with under their belt with no fans last season, um, now maybe getting to go into it this year like kind of a couple years removed, but still having not seen any fans that might bode well for them because I think people that kind of wears off. Now they can kind of get back to just doing what they're doing, and they got an awesome lineup. I know you said they're missing pitching, they're kind of middling, but Jordán Alvarez could take a big step forward, yeah. to young DH this year, and then you got Correa, you got Altuve, you got uh Bregman I know they lost Springer but then you got Kyle Tucker coming up from the minors too he's going to be awesome I'm high on him yeah yeah, big time so I don't know I think they can still be competitive I just think there's still always going to be that stain on a lot of those guys especially Cray is going to be a free agent after this year correct and I'll jump there for a sec I I'm interested to see what a market for a guy like that's going to be I know Springer got a big deal yeah but Cray was implicated pretty heavily in the science dealing stuff compared to Springer and those those other guys you think he'll command a lot of money or you think he's going to fall well behind Lindor and those other guys this offseason? I guess Lindor got paid, but those other... I think stops.
0: just because of how the market is starting to trend for shortstops, Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado, even though he's third baseman, even, like you said, Francisco Lindor, I think for that shortstop market, there's always going to be high-paying high, high paying teams. Teams will always come asking. I don't think what Correa has been through or, or the roles that he has played in this whole cheating scandal I don't think that really diminishes him too much because I mean he kind of he's still good I mean he's still talented but there is like you said always that blemish on his on his record
1: right yeah it'll be super interesting I think I just pulled it up I know Lindor signed like I said you got Baez you got Correa you got Trevor Story and Corey Seager all 27 to 29 all hitting free agency after this year it'll be super interesting to see where they all land
0: let's talk about the manager the Astros. Dusty Baker, 71 years old. You think that's a good fit taking over for AJ Hinch, or do you think that they should have gone a little more youthful to handle the situation?
1: I like what they did there. I think they picked someone who they knew could handle that pressure. Dusty's been there, done that with a lot of these teams. I think right. he's kind of a good fit for them. Um, and obviously, Hinch wasn't mature enough to handle the whole ordeal, and obviously neither was Cora, which hurts me to say, but yeah. to be play such a big part in that as well, and then to go over to Boston and do very similar things is... Is tough on maturity, and I think Dusty's a pretty mature guy, someone who can handle that pretty well.
0: That's a good point. As we talk about, there's, there's a couple of different directions I want to go with the Major League Baseball discussion. We'll go here first because we're talking about individual players and stats. I'm going to put you on the spot here. You are big on the fantasy baseball, as am I. We're in our own league. You're pretty good at it. <laughs> Give me some players to watch, maybe some under-the-radar guys, maybe some guys who are on the radar that – People aren't necessarily thinking fantasy baseball advice from Sam Fonder. Go
1: ahead. Oh, man. All right, so let's we'll talk deep sleepers then. You can go get them in any league. All right, so I'll give you one NL pitcher. I'll give you one AL pitcher, all right? Yep. NL pitcher you're going to like here is going to be Trevor Rogers. He's a lefty starter from the Miami Marlins. He's going to be there four. He's actually going tonight against the Cardinals. Hmm. Uh, so Trevor Rogers has been kind of a middling prospect for a while. I think he's 24, 25 years old. Um, but this year, if you're looking at him, he's been up to 95, 96 with the fastball in spring training from the left side. Yeah. Uh, great strikeout upside. A lot of what he's doing right now and this kind of rise he's made reminds me of Burns last year Sure. in spring training before the season got kind of put on hold. Um, that's a guy I'd like to watch. That's kind of a sleeper I'd keep my eye on in the league. Maybe not pick him up right away, but that's hold for a while and see. Now, if we're going across the AL, uh, we're going to go back to the AL West, go to the Mariners. say Kikuchi. He's a lefty. Lefty starter. That's his name. Yusei Kikuchi. Wow, I'm surprised um, you prono- you pronounced that right. I I have pronounced it right, cause I think. I own him in every fantasy league I'm in <laughs> okay. right now. I'm I'm all in on Yusei Kikuchi. Um, fair. 27-year-old, came over from Japan 2 years ago, 3 years ago. Kind of been around 91-93 with the fastball, getting hit around the yard a little bit. Uh, but the advanced numbers show that teams are struggling to make contact with him. He's got a real funky delivery. Um, this offseason, he came back and he's up to 97. I was watching wow. him pitch his first start against the Giants. Uh, Got touched up for two home runs, so three runs in six innings. But he struck out ten guys, and I tell you what, he looked real good. Um, it was going into that sixth inning; it was only one run too. It was, it was a big mistake pitch that he left out over the plate uh, sure. to give up a two-run bomb. But ten Ks in six innings, so keep an eye on mm. him. Hmm,
0: that's interesting. Okay,
1: and don't go looking
0: for either one, Tony, because I got him. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about writing them down, but I was like, well, if Sam's telling me, then he probably knows about him and he has him on their roster. What about some hitters? Wait, w- Where do we think that there's going to be a lot of offense generated from in terms of fantasy baseball numbers?
1: Well, see, that depends. I think when I kind of go after guys, I like targeting these sleeper pitchers that can kind of develop. I think you can get these arms out of nowhere. Yeah. I think with the bats, I like these more established ones. Tony mentioned it a little bit. We're both really high on Kyle Tucker to kind of... Obviously, everyone's drafted him. He's rostered, but that's a guy I'd move for before it's too late. That's a guy who's 30 home run, 20 steal upside. Uh, which is great. Prospects that you're going to look at to come up is Kellnick should be up. Jerry Kellnick mm-hmm. in a couple weeks. Yep, um, that's a guy who if you can go get in the league, I think Kellnick's going to be awesome. Uh, Wander Franco too from the Rays. Those two should be up this year, and those are two top prospects who are going to absolutely mash once they get up. Do you have Jorge Soler in our league? Nope. You uh, don't. No, you dropped him.
0: I oh. did drop him. I you needed... let him go, and Alex beat me to him on. Oh, see, because I wanted to. I wanted to just do it quick. I hope no one would notice because I ha- I forget what it was but I had something where I had to drop a player to insert someone in the lineup cuz Eloy Jimenez got injured right. so I had a
1: gap in my lineup well well so the thing try. about Solaris he only qualifies at DH right now and I think Tony yeah. you got JD Martinez too yeah, yeah don't you so you can only you can only play one of those guys at a time and like mm-hmm. we said the start JDs having it's not a big deal for him anyway so Yeah yeah that's
0: an easy choice
1: Yeah that's an easy choice All right
0: so as we wrap up with the fantasy advice I'd like to direct the conversation to this. I want to get an overall scope, predictions, awards, divisions, for Major League Baseball in the 2021 season. Where do you think we should start? Should we start with division winners?
1: Let's go, yeah, let's go our playoff teams in the NL and okay. playoff teams in the AL. You go ahead. Okay. And
0: just so everyone knows, you know, you and I know, but the listeners, this is something Sam and I do, I mean, every year. we've done this like, last three, four MLB seasons. We've predicted the entire division, how it it plays out, the playoffs and stuff like that. I think you've been more accurate than I have been. I don't know if either one of us have been
1: accurate per se, but I think I've been a little more accurate than you, yeah. Well, I I remember picking teams. that We don't (laughs) have to get into that. All right, well, let's start
0: the playoffs. I'll start in the AL with the AL East. I think who's going to win that division is going to be the Tampa Bay Rays. Wow. I do yeah. think the Rays are going to win out the AL East. I think there's another wildcard team in the AL East, but I'll get there when, when I discuss wildcards. The winner from the AL Central is going to be White Sox. It's sitting at 1-3 and three right now, but I think they're going to bounce back. Eloy Jimenez is going to come back mid-summer, it seems like, which hurts me, by the way, <laughs> You know, as I mentioned that I have him on my roster in fantasy baseball. Besides the point, I think the White Sox will bounce back. I think it's going to be them and the Twins that are going to be very close. I do think there's another wildcard team in the AL Central. Twins, probably. White Sox. Rays, my two division winners. The third division, Astros. Yep, I'm going Astros. Okay, Those are my division winners. Rays, what did I say? Rays, White, White Sox, Sox. <laughs> Astros. Wildcard teams, I'm going to go with Twins. Yankees. Oh, what do you uh, think about that? I knew you were waiting for me. it. You're hurting me. I, I know. Yep. I knew you
1: were going, but it's yep. all right. All right. Uh, let's see. To match you across in the AL, I think in the East, it's going to be the Yankees coming out, as much as that hurts me to say. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I really actually, Tony's high on the Rays. I really think I I would have the Rays third or fourth. I think they're really? in battle with Boston, and both are going to miss the playoffs, or oh, it's going to okay. be close. Um, So I got the Yankees coming out of the East. Uh, when we're talking the Central, I got the Twins. I really think the Twins are just a step above the White Sox yet, and I'm worried about Louis Russa sure. and the chemistry with the White Sox, especially Anderson's got hurt last night again, Tim Anderson. yeah, And then, obviously, Jimenez is out too. Uh, that could be a pretty interesting dynamic uh, in the West. I think I'm going to go with the Angels. I think I think they're going to be okay. I think the pitching like is going to be okay. They might move for an arm. They got good prospects. Joe Adele could be up. Uh, those are my three division winners there. The wild card teams, uh, yeah, I think, I think the Blue Jays is probably a good pick for that. Um, mm-hmm. If they okay. can get their pitching together with Vlad and Bichette and some of these guys in the lineup, Springer over there, yeah. uh, that'll be a big one. Um, and I think the White Sox will be the other one too. Um, I don't see the A's or the Astros kind of coming out of that West wildcard spot. The one to keep an eye on, though, a real sleeper, is Kansas City Royals have an awesome lineup. Sure. So keep an eye okay. on that. They don't have a lot of pitching, but great lineup. I do like the AL
0: Central a lot more than I think people are giving them credit. I think even the Indians are still still talented. I don't think they're going to be very competitive, but I think they're talented, and I like that division a lot. The Tigers, I mean, are what the Tigers are. But
1: yeah, and whatever. they should have good young pitching up soon too. Casey yeah. Mize and yeah, Matt true. Manning and all that. So,
0: Nick Brower, Nick Brower, if you're listening, I want Casey Mize in our fantasy baseball league. <laughs> Let's move to the NL, uh, the the National League, as we do our American League uh, playoffs. How it'll play out? Let's go National League. I'll start in the NL East, and this is a tough one. This is one of the most competitive divisions in baseball. I'm going to go.
1: You ready for this, Sam? Let's hear it. I'm going to go Mets. I'm with you. I'm with really? you. We're on the Mets. No. Absolutely. We're all in on the Mets. Yep. Syndergaard coming back in July. It's over with. I love their
0: starting rotation. Yeah, I love absolutely. even the pickup of a guy like Taewon Walker. Yep. I mean, their starting rotation is going to be dominant this year. They haven't played a game because the Nationals and Mets had to um, put a, put off their opening day for COVID reasons, of course, because COVID has to get into everything. But, yeah, that's my pick coming out of the NL East is the Mets. Yep. My pick in the NL Central, Cardinals. I think that's an easy, very straightforward one. I think they're always competitive. I don't think the division is going to be this good this year. I mean, the Reds had a, bunch, a lot of talent last year, and they couldn't go anywhere with it. Pirates are what the Pirates are. I'm not high on the Brewers. I'm not high on the Cubs. I think this is the Cardinals' division. NL West. This is also a tough one. A lot of talent up and down this roster. I'm going to go with the Padres. I'm going to go with the Padres. They're going to edge out the Dodgers. The Dodgers are, of course, going to be in the playoffs. They're a wild card team. But I think the Padres are going to take the division. My other wild card team, I'm going to go all the way back to the NL East. I'm going to say Braves. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that too. A lot of talent, a lot of young talent. And they even have some playoff experience under their belt. Now, after the past couple of seasons, I like the Braves as a wild card team.
1: I like that. Okay, but oh, man, the NL is a gauntlet. I'm with you on it the is. Mets in the East. Um, I think any of those five teams can legitimately win it in there, though. Philly's awesome. Even they the Marlins, got Nola, they got Harper, huh? Even the Marlins. Marlins are great. Marlins won their division last year, didn't they? Either that or wild card. they were in yep, the playoffs. they were regardless. in the playoffs. So. I think six still could come up and be good. I just mentioned Trevor Rogers, That's true. Pablo Lopez. Real good rotation. You never okay, know. Fair. Uh, I think any of them could win it over a full season, um, but I'm going with the Mets there in the Central. Uh, Tony knows I'm going with the Brewers. Yeah, right uh, that's right. Yep. I I really do think it's going to be a good year for them. A lot better than they think. Um, be wary of the Cardinals, though. If Auto bounces back, be wary wary of the Cubs. Kimbrel's look great to close mm-hmm. the first two games this mm-hmm. year. Um, that would make me a little nervous if he's back in old Kimbrel form, uh, shutting down games for them. And we see a little bounce back from Bryant Rizzo, Baez. Sure. Uh, whatnot, but I got the Brewers coming out of the Central. Uh, we go over to the West. I'm going with the Dodgers, Tony. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't go all off the board like you with that. Um, <laughs> Fair. It, it's safe. Yeah, I get it. It's safe. Yeah. It's tough to say the Dodgers aren't going to win the division. I mean, they they might win 120 games. I Again. mean, they're insane, man. Yeah. Um, wild cards. I got the Padres. Um, for one, for the other, this is where I'm really struggling right now. Yeah, um, man, it's a tough one. It's you could go card. all over the board with that. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm going to go with St. Louis. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Okay. Um, Just because they maybe have a little weaker division, kind of fend off the Cubs and fend off the Pirates and pick up a couple extra, I think those teams in the NL East are just going to beat up on each other, man. I think yeah. they're all going to be in that 80-90 to 90 win range, and whoever comes out of it with maybe a game lead over the other at the end is going to take it.
0: That's going to be a fun division to watch. Yeah. I hope there's a lot of primetime games out of that division the NL uh, East. So... You want to continue to do this. Let's work our way yeah. to the championship here. Yeah. The the World Series. Yeah, give me your NL
1: champ, AL champ.
0: My National League champion, I think Padres. Okay. Yep. Okay. I'm not going Dodgers. I'm not doing it. Okay? Not going Cardinals. Not going Braves or Mets. I'm going Padres. I do think they need to add a piece around trade deadline time. Maybe get another weapon out of the pen or something small like that. They don't need much. But I like the Padres as my National League champion. Out of the American League? Hmm. This is another one, another tough one. I'm going to go Astros. Wow. I think Astros All right, and I think Padres World Series.
1: You're all in on Kyle Tucker, it sounds like, huh? <laughs> It's not necessarily Kyle yeah. Tucker. It's just the rest of them. Sure, sure. I think
0: sure. there's a lot of talent. I think there's experience. And I think they have a chip on their shoulder, believe it or not, after... People kind of discounted or put the asterisk next to the World Series. I think they're a little mean coming into this season. Started out four and all. I like yeah. them. I think Astros, um, Padres
1: World Series. Interesting, interesting. Well, see for me, I'm going with the Mets. I got the Mets in the World Series. They feel like team of destiny to me with DeGrom, Syndergaard, Stroman as their big three. Yeah. Um, And then with the lineup, obviously, with Lindor added and Alonzo and Conforto and all these guys. I just think they're going to be awesome. It's tough not to like them. It's tough not to like them and root for them uh, this year. Lindor is just, how can you not root for the guy? Mm -hmm. Um, So I got them coming out of the NL. The AL I'm I'm really, really struggling with. Yeah. I don't want to say the Yankees. I I refuse to pick that. I won't predict that. <laughs> um, don't be surprised if they do. But I I just can't pick that. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna say the Twinkies are gonna come out. I'm gonna okay. say The Twins are gonna come out of the Central and and go there. Uh, Kent Meida is probably the most underrated pitcher in baseball. They got a real good lineup. They um, do got a good lineup. They, just like Tony said about the Padres, Twins got to add a piece at the deadline. Yep. But if they're in contention, I see no reason why they wouldn't. So. Speaking the,
0: you know, you mentioned, I don't want to make this, this pick. I don't want to have to say this.
1: I'm in the same boat for my
0: World Series. I think the Astros are going to edge out the Padres. I don't want it to happen, all right? Let me make that crystal clear. I would love for the Padres to win a World Series. I would love for the Mets to make it and win a World Series. You know, I think a Cardinals-Yankees World Series would be very interesting. But, Astros... I mean, they're the team to beat. They're coming in with an edge on their shoulder. What's up? I mean, the Astros, I think they're going to be the 2021 Major League Baseball World Series winners.
1: All right. We'll see if Zach Grinke (laughs) and 75-mile-an-hour fastball can get him there. I got the Mets going, though. I got the Mets are the team of destiny this year. Okay. Don't sleep on the Mets. Yep. I like that. I like that. I want to touch on awards. Yeah. Let's do it. Where do you want to go first? We'll start with AL MVP. I think that's easy enough. I think we all know where that's going to be. If you want me to go first on that, it's going to be Mike Trout, man. It's Mike yeah, Trout. It it's always Mike Trout. I agree. Okay, you're with me on that. <laughs> yeah. the AL no MVP. further elaboration no f- is necessary. It's Mike Trout. Exactly. It's Mike Trout. It there's is Mike there's Trout. not much more to say. Yeah. Let's go across the NL. Uh, Frankie Lindor, Francisco Lindor, man. He's, really? I'm telling you, he's feeling good. And I made this, I thought about this well before he signed that extension. I thought maybe playing in the contract year, but. I think Lindor's coming back, 35 home runs, 20 steals, 25 steals, playing in the vengeance this year. Mets are going to be good. What
0: if I go the popular, like, you know, the the better for the game pick? Okay. And I say Fernando Tatis, if he stays healthy all year. Yeah. Which he presumably could. Okay. I think that is a guy that is going to hit 30, 35 home runs, drive in over 100, over 110. Guy who's going to bat well over three fifteen.
1: Okay. Are you worried about his defense at all? Five errors in three games to open the season—that concerns me a little bit for an MVP. See, that's very below. That's that's bad. That's bad defense, man. That's what that is terrible defense,
0: out. and that's something that needs to get ironed out in a spring training type of atmosphere. But I think as he rounds into
1: midseason form,
0: he'll begin to figure it out a little bit. I think they're going to. I mean, this isn't something that the Padres are just going to let be and let work out. They're definitely going to continue to work with him and do what they need to. Over the course of a season. In terms of positioning wise. I think that's something that gets ironed out. I really do. Defense is. Let me put it this way. Defense is a tough thing. When you talk about MVP candidates. Because you can't let someone who has. A terrible fielding percentage. Win an MVP. But. I mean Fernando Tatis is so dominant offensively. And is going to continue doing that. Into this season. I think that. As he smooths and irons out his fielding, I think it'll offset to a point where that won't be too much of a factor in his way of winning uh, an MVP. Sure. Yeah, I see You could see that? Or
1: I can see that, definitely. Okay. All right, let's jump across to Cy Youngs. We'll go in the NL, same way we did with Trout. We're going with the NL Cy Young. If it's not Jacob deGrom, I think you're just wrong. It's Jacob deGrom. Unless you got something else you want to go on that,
0: I I don't know how you can I yeah. don't know how you can say anything besides Jacob Degrom.
1: Like we said, Burns could make a push. There's some guys that can make a push, but I mean, guys, it's Jacob Degrom. Just like yeah. it's it's Mike Trout, it's Jacob Degrom. Let's let's not overthink it here.
0: Do you think if let no let me throw this at you before we move to the American League? I'm I'm asking this question from an unbiased standpoint. I want to get your honest feedback. What do you think if a Devin Williams comes in and dominates? An entire 162 game season, like he did last year. Oh man! I mean, that's tough because he won the Rookie of the Year award as a guy who comes out of the bullpen. He doesn't. He didn't have a win or a save under his belt. That's true. And he won a he won a Rookie of the Year as a pitcher out of the bullpen. Do you think there's any chance if he were to somehow have like a sub one five one four, maybe no, like, even like a sub one
1: ERA? He to be a sub one, I mean, he would have to put on a show that even Hader has never done before. It'd have to be something you've never seen. And the problem for me with over the course of a full season for one of him and Hader to get Cy Young votes is the other one needs to be terrible and one needs to carry the team. Mm. And I don't see it that way. I think it's kind of that tandem there. They're not going to get the opportunity to be the guy every day.
0: Like a good problem to have.
1: It's a great problem to have for the Brewers.
0: So hypothetically, if Hader, let's say, okay, let's put it this way. The Brewers well under 500 into the trade deadline. Deal Josh Hader in a massive blockbuster, and Devin Williams becomes a closer, saves it. let's say, I don't know, 15 huh? you, gotta, you gotta assume if they're trade, if they sellers at the deadline, they're not winning. Over, right. They're not winning games. But, the games that they do win, Devin Williams saves do you think hypothetically, if it works out
1: perfectly, and Devin Williams dominates, is there a chance he's a Cy Young contender? Nah, he could get votes. I, at the end of the day, it's gonna be so tough, but I see where you're coming from. He is real dominant. Um, Him and Hayter are definitely the favorites to be reliever of the year in the NL, though. Okay, so we move to the American League. Yeah, let's do it. I think Cy
0: Young Award winner out of the American League, Lucas Giolito. With you. With me. With you on Giolito. Let's go. That makes me happy. Yeah, he's awesome.
1: Yeah. I mean, the
0: guy is pretty dominant. You think Shane Bieber can make it run?
1: Absolutely. Uh, we talked it again though that the Indians are going to struggle being in contention this year behind the other two. Which does play um, a factor. That does play a factor for sure. I think people pay attention to the teams that are winning big. I mean Rick Priscilla won a Cy Young and he did not deserve it based on winning 20 games. Yeah. So if Giolito's there and the White Sox are good and they help him out that's where you're going to see those votes. With Bieber if the Indians win 80 games only it's going to be tough to say. Talk to me about this guy because
0: there's a lot of hype around him winning a Cy Young. You're not so bought in on him. Garrett Cole for the Yankees, he's kind of struggled right? here as of recently, spring training into this season. Do you think he could make a run at a Cy Young?
1: Maybe. I mean, he's a dominant pitcher. He's been for a long time. Uh, yeah. Him and Bauer, though, and I don't know how much this has been touched on, but MLB is checking for pine tar, and they're checking for illegal substances during games now. That's true. Um, and Cole and Bauer are kind of the two big guys that are really known for being so blatantly obvious about using it for spin rate and whatnot, and that concerns me over a full year if they actually start punishing guys. Um, if Bauer and Cole are going to be some of the two that are hurt the most by that, that could really impact their chances at Cy Youngs. That's our picks, right? Yep. MVPs, Cy Youngs—they're all pretty straightforward. I mean, it's hard to make a case
0: against or for any one of these players. I mean, especially like guys like Mike Trout, Jacob Degrom. I mean, they're sure ins. Practically, if they stay healthy and perform, I mean, how do you vote against them? Can we discuss? Is there is there another award that you'd like to discuss,
1: or can we talk about? I mean, we can go Rookie of the Year if you want, or if you want to switch gears, we can go for that too. See, I always struggle with Rookie of the Years because I don't know prospects like you know prospects. Yeah.
0: So you can – let's go over Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Give me your picks, and let's discuss who you think you're going to be the Rookie of the Years.
1: Yeah. Um, NL, I got Dylan Carlson, young outfielder for the Cardinals. I think mm, he's, interesting. he's taking a big step forward in spring training, got a nice power swing. Uh, that's someone who wouldn't surprise me to uh, make that jump there and win Rookie of the Year. Um, in the AL though, that's the tough part. We talked about if Kalanick gets called up in the next few weeks, I think he could win it. That was the name in my head. If Kalenick. they hold him for a month for service time reasons, I think Tristan McKenzie, fourth starter from the Cleveland mm, Indians, could make that too. run too. He is awesome. Over the yeah. course of a full year, I think he's going to be pretty good. Mm, interesting. Tristan McKenzie. Who has him in our
0: league? Tony G. Okay. Good job, <laughs> Tony G. Now, I, I want to discuss this point with you on Major League Baseball before we move on to uh, the NFL, before we wrap up this interview. On this on the last episode of the Tony G Show, I discussed Major League Baseball and where it was headed, changes that I wanted to see, changes that I thought are, imple- are being implemented that I don't like. Where do you see the direction of Major League Baseball headed under Rob Manfred? Rules that you want changed, rules that you think are being changed that you're either for or against. Talk about Major League Baseball as a whole.
1: Oh, man, it's tough. I think as a whole, there's something to say about how much Manfred seems to care about the game. He seems to really care about growing it, bringing fans in, bringing new viewers, bringing, uh, getting more kids to play it, growing up, and yeah. uh, things like that. So you can't knock Ma- Manfred for how involved he is. I think um, for me, the problem comes in some of the ways that he's trying to cater to these new fans. Though he's trying to make baseball too much like the cool thing about baseball is Tony knows it's a great saying, and I. Um, he's heard it his whole life. Sure, is, there's no time limit in baseball. Yeah. Uh, there's there can be two outs. Look at our game against Lawrence this weekend for Saint Norbert. I mean, two strikes, two outs came down. The last batter, Isaac Gerhardt gets hit with a pitch. We come back and we win that game, and it's a conference game. Yeah. We win a conference game off that. Um, with Manfred putting these base runners on second, in the extra innings, making that a full time rule. Um, he's doing all these. He's got the pitch clock ideas they're trying. All this kind of stuff. They're taking away from what makes baseball baseball. Those things mm-hmm. are what bug me. Baseball is one giant, one giant chess game, one giant strategy game. And if you don't like watching baseball for three and a half hours, you don't like watching baseball for two. So to me, it doesn't matter how quick or how long the game takes. That's the beauty of baseball.
0: And especially the, the thing that I really that really gets on my nerves is the the extra innings run around second thing. Ugh. It's so artificial. It's yeah. so fake. Where does it come from? And plus, it, I'd argue that baseball is more intense as it moves into extra innings yep. because especially when the home team is hitting any swing could end the game absolutely so well, well and I don't the get thing why is, you,
1: why you're trying to shorten extra innings right I mean you talked about it extra innings are awesome so we talked about growing the game yeah and Manfred wants to grow the game right supposedly that's that's kind of the hope there at least that's he should have the best interests of everyone in mind yeah now the problem with what he's doing with these guys on second is like you said Tony, are you going to turn on a game if it's in the 15th inning? Absolutely. You might run you might run home to get that game on cuz you're like, "Wow. Exactly. This is like intense stuff. Like they've been going for a while. It might even be a second baseman out on the mound throwing some position player throwing, yep. And they're trying to stay in this game, but you put these runners on, they're getting these games done all of them in 10 or 11. I mean, what's the point of that? We all got lights. These guys want to play the <laughs> yeah, game. They're cool. getting they're getting paid more than enough money to play the game of baseball. Let's play the game of baseball the way it's meant to be.
0: And you know, I, I was listening to a baseball game over, this, uh, over the past weekend, and an announcer was saying, talking about the rules and saying, now we don't have any more of those 18-inning games or whatever. And, I mean, just to pound home that point is that,
1: I mean, that's kind of the point. Who doesn't love that? 2018 Who? World Series, Tony, Game game 5, Nathan Yavaldi. Oh, come on. Come on. Tell me that wasn't one of the best baseball games you've ever watched. One of my favorite
0: baseball memories was the Brewers, even though they lost this game in the playoffs – in Los Angeles, the game that went like 15 innings. Yep. I remember that game so specifically because I was sitting in the chair. You were sleeping when we were roommates. That was this year. <laughs> and I, I think I woke you up a couple times at screaming or I think I threw a hat down or something like that when, when they lost. But, I mean, like that that's the point is that it's supposed to get to that point. It's supposed to be 15, 16 innings of sudden death baseball
1: that adds to the drama man like i those games are so great especially in the postseason i just i don't agree with that at all i get why they're trying to do it for maintenance purposes i it takes away from the entertainment it takes away from another little piece of baseball it's just beautiful and that's that's something i i struggle with for sure
0: let me ask you this one last question and then i want to talk nfl with you
1: dh in both leagues yes or no Really? No. I disagree with you. I know. I know. It's tough. And I go back and forth on this one all the time. I know that there, there's a... I'll probably get yelled at for the saying it's strategy aspect with the pitchers, but there's something to be said about it's a game of chess. You wouldn't swap out all the pawns for a bunch of queens. To me, I think there's something in the beauty of that. Um, now I was watching a game last night in Padres Diamondbacks, and they walked the bases loaded to get to Chris Paddock with two outs, since yeah. Chris Paddock's not going to hit for nothing since he's just a pitcher. Um, so that part, that's like frustrating kind of stuff to watch. And I get that. But for me, it's just, like I said, it's another layer of why baseball is so awesome. And that's why I really can get into the sport as a whole.
0: The thing that I really pound with this point is the injury aspect of it. How many times have we seen a pitcher get injured running the bases or hitting? It happened to Jimmy Nelson. It changed the entire direct direction of his career. Yep. Sliding back into first base, ripped up his shoulder, and he has never been the same since. He's coming out of the bullpen for the Dodgers now. A guy like Adam Wainwright is a big injury that I think about. He injured himself a couple seasons ago.
1: Zach Gallen's really out for three early. months right now for the Diamondbacks. Month to three months with a forearm injury from swinging a bat. That's... And it could
0: all be avoided if it were just designated hitters in both leagues.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, Tony, uh, this is a this is a good one for you because you like the Brewers. Yeah. You know Brandon Woodruff is a beast when he's got the bat in his hands. Uh, yeah, so now true. tell me how does that hurt you? See, that's why I'm all over the board on this because that Brandon Woodruff home run, that's a, that's electric stuff. That playoff home run by Woody. Come
0: on. See, but if you implement the designated hitter in both leagues, then you can do like the Angels did last night and just not use it, right?
1: Yeah, they might not let Woody
0: hit for himself, though. Well, yeah, you may be a little less likely to do that, but mm, you're right. It does take away the the whole uh, pitcher's raking or whatever that's called. But,
1: yeah, pitcher's rake. It's not a whole cut and dry thing. I think that's the thing that I'm getting at. I, don't, I right. couldn't tell you one way or another, but I think it, there's a lot of people that say, oh, it should just be the DH or just be one way or another and I think there's there's beauty and there's positives in both elements that's a good point
0: and that that's a good way to conclude that baseball discussion now I do before we wrap up want to talk NFL with you because as I mentioned earlier in the show you are a Vikings fan yep have spent your life in Green Bay explain that dis- decision I've heard it before but for the listeners of Tony G Nation explain that decision to become a Vikings fan
1: well um I'm sure most of the listeners of Tony G Nation uh know me by now so they know that uh yeah, that's true. I did love the Packers growing up. I loved Brett Favre growing up, and uh, I just I've always been a rider with Brett Favre. And when I'm in middle school and Brett Favre leaves, and I love Brett Favre more than I love the Packers, I'm gonna follow Brett Favre. And that's a good point. for me. He ended up on the Vikings, and uh, that that just kind of stuck from there. Adrian Peterson came out around the same time. It was a good time to kind of get stuck on that Vikings bandwagon, and from there I never really left. Just kind of stuck that way. So. Yeah,
0: it was a good time to be a Vikings fan. that, that one game before. But the Saints, oh, oh, this Get started on the up. bounty program. Oh, I see man. the steam rolling off your head, coming out your ears right now. The Saints, Vikings, Bounty Gate. Mm. I mean, that could have been another Super Bowl ring for Brett Favre in Minnesota. Could have been the first Super Bowl for Minnesota. Because you know they haven't won one yet. I just don't know. Oh, thanks, Tony. Yep. Appreciate that. I just
1: wanted to run that by you. I didn't know if you have heard that before. He's going to get the right-left combo for me after he spoke that <laughs> one. Um, no, but I tell you, that that uh, that Super Bowl, I don't know who I was talking to yesterday about the what-ifs on that. Can you imagine the way that that Favre and Rodgers split would be perceived differently if Favre had ended up winning a title with the Vikings? Yeah. Like, that would just be, and let's be honest, I think he would have if it wasn't for Greg Williams being the dirtiest coach in NFL history and setting up a bounty program in New Orleans. Sure. That's all I got to say on that. Okay. Let me,
0: let me put this spin on it. How would a Super Bowl have gone Peyton Manning, Brett Favre? Come on, it's Brett Favre. Colts Vikings, okay. It's Brett Favre. It's Brett Favre. Come yep. on. Yep, that's fair. And that season, it seemed like the Vikings were pretty destined. I mean, that was a good team. AD, a B.
1: Chester Taylor, one-two combo.
0: So, speaking of your one-two combos <laughs> from the Vikings, what are the? Let's preview the 2021-2022 season though. Yeah. Do you have any hope? What do they need in the draft? Where do you need to see changes? to have optimism in your Minnesota Vikings.
1: See, I got some optimism, though. That's the thing. is, okay. A lot of people are on me about this, about how I think they're going to be real good this year, and I've been already catching some flack from some of my friends who <laughs> are Packer fans out there. One of your roommates, Christian, I'm sure I'll catch some flack yep. from. For me, the big thing is Bars coming back on defense. He missed all last year. Kendrick's missed a big portion of last year. Anthony Harris is gone, and Anthony Harris was really, really bad last year. And then replacing him with Xavier Woods from the Cowboys is big. Daniil Hunter's back off an injury. Michael Pierce is opting back in as a nose tackle, and we just signed a nose tackle, Dalvin Tomlinson from the Giants. Sure. So those are all big additions across the board for the Vikings. So I think their defense is going to be much improved compared to last year. But Tony knows the big issue is the offensive line. Always has yep, been. And I think I it always will be. So I really hope, um, I don't know if the listeners out there have seen Rashawn Slater, the tackle from Northwestern. Wow, if he falls to the Vikings, <laughs> yeah. might as well get uh, get ready for a little trip to Lombardi because that guy on the other side, whoo. Okay. What, what, about, what, about. what about this now? Is Kirk Cousins your, guys? Oh. your guy? Yeah, I see the look on your face, and I know, I know what you're thinking. Every time I trust Kirk Cousins, what does he do, Tone? He lets me down every time. He lets time. you down. Let's I've down heard that time. saying from you What did I say last year? Times. Kirk Cousins with no fans. Kirk Cousins is going to go off. What did Kirk Cousins do? Absolutely the opposite. Yeah. The first five games of the season. And that put us in a hole. So it's tough for me to put a ton of faith in him, but like I said if the O-line can somehow shore up around him, maybe a little more time, a little more patience, maybe maybe, maybe. Can be the guy. Okay. I don't know. Like I there's quarterbacks I love in the draft, but I won't get myself too excited about one of them maybe falling to 14. Yeah. Um I'm I'm more thinking they're going to have to hold on to him, so I'm just trying to be optimistic with the with the guy I have who's not Aaron Rodgers, who's not Correct. an MVP guy Swift.
0: Uh Kirk Cousins is that who you're talking about? or yeah, no. or is it uh Christian Ponder or oh.
1: I got a Christian Ponder days. jersey in my closet. I'm one of the few. I feel for you, man. Yeah. I mean, I do. It's been tough. It's been tough.
0: Yeah, okay. As we talk about quarterbacks, and specifically, as you mentioned, quarterbacks in the draft, I want to pound this. I want to, I want to ask you this. Talk to me about the 49ers' decision to move up to number three in the draft. Yeah. How did the top three in the draft play out? Obviously, Trevor Lawrence won to the Jags. Yep. Then do you think Zach Wilson, too? Do you think Justin Fields, too?
1: Well, here's where I'm leaning on this. I think it's an absolute crime if the Niners don't take one of Wilson or Fields, whichever one doesn't get to three. Yeah. I can understand maybe taking the risk on Wilson at two over Fields, but yeah. I, at the end of the day, Justin Fields two months ago was the clear-cut number two quarterback in the draft, so I want to know what happened since then. Yeah. People are talking about, oh, he's got character issues, Dan Orlovsky said on ESPN, and I'll tell you what, that just riles me up, and that's going to get my, my blood boiling Here again we go. right now. Because here's the thing. How many times have you heard someone say character issues about Mac Jones? How many times? You know how many DUIs Mac Jones has? Two Williams at Alabama. That's correct. Zero times you heard about his character issues, but Justin Fields has the character issues. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields is a two-way stud. You get him behind a good offensive line, and I tell you what, that them trading up to that spot, the Niners trading up to that spot, if they take Mac Jones there over one of Wilson or Fields, and that's <sighs> what the rumors are right now. That's, I've, that's Mitch yeah. Trubisky-level bad. That could backfire so bad yes. if that goes wrong. Yep. Not good.
0: That's the comparison that I gave on the Tony G Show when I talked about this is Mac Jones, top five, top ten? Are you kidding me? Good, I get if you need
1: a quarterback. He could be a good quarterback. Kirk Cousins is probably a good NFL comp for him. Sure. He could yep. be a good Kirk Cousins-type quarterback. But at the end of the day, the reach on him is just the same as reaching on Trubisky over Watson. Watson, to me, is a lot like Fields and a proven winner in college. Yeah. And a great guy who was overlooked because of maybe injury flaws or injury issues like Fields has had, a yep. few of, with the knee and whatnot, um, with the hip. Or the character issues is what they claim with him. And now I guess we're kind of seeing that with Watson. I guess we'll see what unfolds yeah. there. It's so I'm so confused on what's going on there. And it's tough to even warrant judgment. Um, it's just been a mess. But with Fields, it's that'll be really interesting to see. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to play out.
0: Let's wrap up our discussion talking about, as we're going to... We started local. We'll keep it local. Come full circle. Green Bay Packers discussion. Oh. Let me start here. Aaron Rodgers, is he a Packer for the rest of his career?
1: You guys better hope. <laughs> what, happened to, what happened to Favre is it had to be done, I guess. I, that's what you're going to say. I mean, Rodgers came in and balled out, so that yeah. whatever, you couldn't say it really backfired. Um, but the potential for that to backfire, what if Rodgers had come out, been mediocre, and it, that just would have been terrible. So I'm, worried, I'm a little worried that they might try to cut ties with him mm-hmm. if they have a poor season coming up here, but... It's not a bad problem for you guys to have right now. as no. nice Packer fans. Like, you got to be pretty happy about Rodgers with Love behind them. Um, I can be as optimistic as I want about the Vikings, but at the end of the day, you guys got an awesome setup and yeah. got Adams and MVS and hopefully grab another receiver in the draft and you'll be okay. And...
0: But do you think that the Jordan Love trade was really worth it? Do you think they could have gone somewhere else? I think they could have and should have gone somewhere else in that first round. They should have won wide receiver.
1: Yeah, I mean, they could have. They could have gone wide receiver. They could have tried to jump up and grab Lamb or Jefferson earlier in the round, even if they really wanted to move the ammo. But sure. if you think that Love is the guy of the future, and that's what they're coming in as, and the new regime says they like Love for the, the long term, then go ahead and make it happen. I mean, it's worked before. There's nothing wrong with trying him out now. I mean, it's true. Let's, what if Rodgers rides off into the sunset two years from now and he leaves you with who? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. So it's it's Tim not the Boyle? worst thing to get on top of it if you really love Jordan Love at that spot. And I know a lot of people thought, oh, if Love had maybe been in this year's draft class, they'd be looking at him as QB two or three. So yeah. we'll see how he develops. Um, obvi- it worked for them once already. It worked for them as an organization once already with Favre and drafting Rogers where they did. Um, obviously Rogers fell to them instead of trading up to get sure Jordan Love, but it could work out really well. I think. Yeah, yeah. Do you think?
0: Packers this year in their draft, you said they should go wide receiver. They don't have a history of doing that. So if they weren't going to go wide receiver, where do you see them going?
1: Oh man, I don't know. I there's, don't know either. There's <laughs> some issues, there are some issues to address. I mean, let's let's be honest. Kevin King, he he probably needs you need some more help than that. Yes. Than Kevin King, um, I'd be maybe they go after like Richard Sherman in free agency or someone like that who's mm-hmm. a vet on a cheaper deal. Otherwise, they go after someone for the secondary in the draft. We'll see. I don't think that'd be a bad spot either. I'm curious what your thoughts are. Maybe as a Packer fan, where are you hoping they go?
0: They can always use more interior
1: linebacker help. Interior linebacker. Okay. Yes. You got a certain guy you got your eye on, or are you just hoping in general that's where we go?
0: I just hope in general. And that's like a second, third round pick. Okay. I think they need need wide receiver help as well. But since I prefaced this conversation by saying they haven't historically done that, so let's look at other positions. I wouldn't mind defensive line help as well for Kenny Clark. Yeah. They just re-signed. Who did they just re-sign? I think it was Tyler Lancaster. And I about threw the phone.
1: I'm sorry for laughing. (laughs) Sorry, Tyler (laughs) Lancaster,
0: if you're listening out there. I mean, I've said it so many times before he got re-signed. I said... You are not going to win a Super Bowl with Tyler Lancaster starting on the defensive line. You ain't going to do it. When do they do go re-sign him? So I think they need defensive line help. Stupid. Let me ask you about the one re-signing here. You and I have had conversations a lot over the past couple of years about running backs getting a second contract. Packers gave Aaron Jones one. I liked it. What do you think?
1: I don't know. It's interesting. That's a... If they use him and Dylan well in a time split, I know Williams has gone now off to Detroit, yep. right? So yep. good luck to him, yep. Uh But I think the split will be really interesting. They used a really high pick on Dylan, so they, they really must like him. Yeah. I was real surprised they signed Aaron Jones. I was surprised they wanted him back with the other guys they could get out on the market. Um, running backs are pretty easily replaceable usually, but Jones has shown to be a, quite a beast there out there with Rodgers. And um, I guess I I don't know, you don't want to mess with with any of that if it's going as well as it is right now so bringing him back is probably a good decision um and here's the thing is tony i saw this crazy stat todd Gurley and aaron jones are the same age wow todd Gurley. todd Gurley is I, the carry numbers i gotta see uh todd Gurley versus aaron jones um nfl carries it's something like three times as much um
0: todd gurley has got to be the
1: oldest 26 year old i think i've yeah, ever known in my life yeah he's 26 years old if I asked you how old is Todd Gurley, you're probably saying 32. Yeah. Todd Gurley's rushed 1,460 times in his career, okay? Yep,
0: 1,460, 1460 times. 1,460
1: for Todd Gurley, okay? And we cut across here. We're going to look at Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones has ran the ball 651 times in his career, and they're the same age. They're 26 years old. Yeah. So for me, it's not as big of a risk signing him compared to like what the Rams gave Gurley a few years back because his legs are relatively fresh, and you can keep them fresh with Dylan for a long time. That was the thing that I mentioned when they re-signed him, and I talked
0: about it here on the Tony G Show. I said how they manage Aaron Jones is going to extend his career because they managed him with J- uh, Jamal Williams, and now especially with A.J. Dillon, who I would argue is a better Jamal Williams, way better Jamal Williams, stronger and powerful. Not to say Jamal Williams is bad, but you know, it's just that's how good A.J. Dillon is. I think it's going to be a real two-headed monster. I think they're really set up strong out of the backfield there. How they manage that, just to reiterate this point, is going to extend the career of Aaron Jones. If he stays healthy throughout these four years, the contract will be worth it without a doubt in terms of production. Absolutely, so, yeah. So that's where I'll put that. All right. Let's wrap this this interview up here, Sam. I, I, you don't know I'm going to ask you about this, but oh boy, is there a golf outing in our future?
1: You and me. I gotta see your swing, Tony. I don't know if I can count on you. Let's be honest here. Me and Tony gotta head out to Mr. Golf or somewhere and and get yeah. swinging. And I gotta see what Tony's working with here. Yeah, I but mean, absolutely. You know, I'm no Tiger Woods, but more. You look more like uh like Bryson to me. A little Bryson DeChambeau look to you. <laughs> I look that in shape, really. I wouldn't say that. Never okay. mind. Never mind. John Daly. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: John Daly. Smoke a pack of cigarettes while I'm golfing, too, Absol- or what? Absolutely, okay. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, well, Sam, I, I enjoyed this. It, it was well overdue, you coming on the show. Absolutely. Thanks so, for having me, Tony. Yeah, I appreciate I'm, it. I'm glad you were able to come around. Uh, Tony G Nation, as well as Will, who's not here today, and I wish you the best of luck in the future. And, um, you know, especially with the rest of the season in, in SNC Baseball, we'll be paying attention and, and breaking it down on the Tony G Show. So thanks again for coming on, Sam. All right, that'll do it for this episode of The Tony G Show. We'll be back on Thursday for another episode. We'll will be back for that one. We'll discuss the Masters and more. Thanks for coming around, Tony G Nation. This was a very good interview. We're, we're very happy to have Sam Fonder on. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on The Tony G Show.